Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Dr. Sam DePaul. He was a superintendent of public schools in three states over 31 years. Oh, check it out. That's so cool. And he is now the author of the book, Perspectives and Reflections for the Superintendent. What can be learned from experience? <laughs> You're going to love this talk. So much to learn. And, and I can't thank you enough for listening today. And by, by, by the way, before you go, it would be so cool if you just shared this podcast. Right. Do you, do you have a friend, a colleague, a, a, a family member who's never listened to teaching, learning, leading K-12? Hmm? Well, it would be so cool if you said, hey, I've got a podcast for you and give them the link and say, you ought to listen. That would be so awesome. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. The intro and outro were created and performed by Brian K. Buffington. You can find more about Brian at briankbuffington.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for his newsletter. Thanks, Brian cool huh it's the education podcast your favorite show with lots of groovy guests and they share what they know so crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with dr steve Milletto. teaching learning leading k-12 teaching learning leading k-12 teaching learning leading k-12 Dr. Sam DePaul was a school district superintendent for 31 years, leading five school districts, serving in three states, and he recently completed his sixth year as the executive director of the North Georgia RISA in Ellijay, Georgia, and retired effective June 1, 2022. DePaul began his career as a biology and chemistry teacher, moved into building level administration, and his first position as superintendent. DePaul is and has been a member of AASA since 1988. DePaul's education was all in the Pittsburgh, PA area, where he and his wife were born and raised. His BS degree was from Geneva College, his MED from Westminster College, and his PhD from the University of Pittsburgh. DePaul and his wife, Megan, reside in Carabelle, Florida, and they have a son, daughter-in-law, and two beautiful granddaughters residing in Philadelphia. Our focus today is on his soon-to-be-released book, Perspectives and Reflections for the Superintendent. What can be learned from experience? Sam, thanks for joining me today, and say hi to everyone. Hi, Steve and everyone. Uh, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Well, it's awesome to be here. And what's what's really cool is that uh, it's neat to, um, we, we're colleagues. We've been, uh, you know, we've worked as recent directors together and uh, it, it was cool um, having those opportunities. And I can't thank you enough for the, op- the times that you helped me get stuff done and gave me ideas about how to handle different things. So it's neat to have you on my podcast. Well, you are most welcome and uh, feelings mutual because we obviously learn from each other. Oh, you're too nice. But yes, I think so. So cool. Um, And uh, Sam, before we talk about what is inside your book, Perspectives and Reflections for the Superintendent, What Can Be Learned from Experience, you were a superintendent for 30 plus years. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Could you talk about what made you decide to become a superintendent? Well, you know, early on, I knew I wanted to be a teacher and a coach, and and obviously that uh, dream and uh, desire was fulfilled, and I knew I wanted to be a high school principal. Uh, Not really sure what the superintendent did back then, but uh, as I got into uh, administration, uh, I felt that uh, 
an opportunity and a career at the central office would probably be my end goal. And very fortunately, uh, it happened by happenstance and I don't have any regrets. And 99% of the days were outstanding, even though a lot of them weren't. Uh, and then of course there's that 1% that just weren't outstanding, but I have no regrets. I loved every second of the job and uh, it's just an awesome uh, position. And I'm very thankful that I've had that opportunity. That's so cool because you've impacted a lot of people across this across this country, not just in one state, which is, is so neat. I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. The uh, so Sam, let's let's talk about the scope of the work of a superintendent. I mean, what would you say are the primary functions of a superintendent? Well, uh, reflecting <laughs> on on the time, I think relationships would probably be a key word. Uh, and that's with the school board, because obviously that relationship has to be uh, positive, even though it's probably not a lot of times, but, but that has to be there. there. There has to be a relationship between the board and the superintendent. And then, of course, the staff. And when I define staff, I'm not talking about teachers and principals only. Uh, I go down and eat with the custodians. Uh, the cafeteria ladies always love to see me because they know I love to eat. And uh, secretary, support staff, you know, everybody uh, in the system, uh, there has to be a relationship. Uh, I have to know them and, and they have to know me. And it wasn't hard to do, even in larger districts. You just have to get out there and do it. And then, of course, the community, you have to have the relationships there, not only with the parents, but the civic organizations, the municipalities, the ministerial, everyone, everyone that wants to be involved with uh, the education process. So uh, I think relationships covers a lot of areas, uh, but I think that would be one one concept. I've always liked the word collaboration, uh, laboring together, because that's what the work is. Uh, superintendent, a long time ago, uh, as I was transitioning, uh, and it's in the book, uh, but, but he told me, surround yourself with smart people uh, because they'll make you a smarter person. And that's what I've uh, operated on. Uh, and, and I believe it was successful because uh, one person can't do it all, obviously. Uh, I have to know what's going on, uh, but I can't do do the work. Uh, we wouldn't need people if one person did all the work. So uh, collaboration is, is probably another big area. And I'd probably just uh, end this part with uh, a question uh, and more, I guess, uh, of a comment. Uh, it was in Stanley County. I, I can say where I was at. I met with the super or with the principals uh, for the first time staff meeting. And we had four different high schools and they were high school districts. But uh, the high school principal uh, raised his hand. He said, Dr. DePaul, you help us load the train. We'll help you pull the train. And I thought that put everything in perspective to start in this district here. So. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of areas, but I, I think the relationships is probably one that covers a lot of uh, different aspects of the position. 
That's awesome. I, I love it. And, you know, it's it's interesting because t- today I received a magazine that uh, um, that a lot of, you know, as recent director and and superintendents and principals, they can get them and stuff like that. It's called district administration, I think. Yes, yes. And uh, the front page, front cover of it is saying um, school systems need superintendents too. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, they, they say with all the talk about uh, – um, you know, the shortages of other personnel in, uh, in the school environment that, that they're looking to find superintendents. And it's cool because, you know, as people are listening to you, it's, it's hopefully plants some seeds and read, you know, as they read your book, plant some seeds about becoming one. I hope so. And, you know, like I said a few minutes ago, I mean, it, it's just been a, a great position, uh, a great opportunity. I had a chance to be superintendent where I graduated from high school my hometown, uh, and then obviously uh, serving in uh, three different states, uh, you got an opportunity to see mostly similarities, but obviously differences. Uh, and, and I think that helped me uh, appreciate, you know, just the whole uh, realm of, of what the position was all about and learning, learning every year, um, every district, every situation, constant uh, learning and uh, trying to do what's right and what's best based on, you know, what occurred in the past. Excellent. Uh, awesome stuff. I, I, you know, I got to ask you this. Did you have a favorite role as a superintendent? I mean, what would you choose to spend the majority of your time doing as a superintendent if you could do that? I've been in the schools from day one. To me, that's the best thing that a superintendent can do, uh, because when you're in the schools, the students, uh, the teachers, the staff, everyone gets a chance to see you. Uh, and as superintendent, you get to see what's going on firsthand. Uh, I'm, I've never gone around to snoop, but I've, I've always gone around to be visible. And I meant it when I said about the custodians and the bus drivers and the cafeteria workers, the secretaries, uh, everyone, everyone that's a, a staff member, uh, it was important. It gave me a chance to say hello, them to say hello, gave me a chance to get invited to into a classroom impromptu to read Alice Meets the Aliens to kindergartners, uh, to, you know, being called warden at the pre-K uh, level when somebody saw someone as big as me walking around. And uh, again, visibility and accessibility, I think, uh, uh, would be my my top two areas. You know, the paperwork, uh, those kinds of things that can be done in the morning with the technology we have now that can be done in the car with Bluetooth. Uh, uh, I just think the more people that I can see and the more people that can see me both internally and externally, uh, those are two areas that the superintendent in the past, like me in the present or in the future uh, can take to the bank. And that's not rocket scientist stuff. That's just one out there and, and being visible. That's awesome. And I got to, I got to make sure that I point something out because you made, made a comment there as big as me. I could have, what are you, six, five? 
Yeah, uh, I'm shrinking now. Uh, well, because of the job. Gotcha. Yeah, let's. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I can see you at six five walking through the uh, uh, through the hallways of a pre K. Now that would, that would be impressive. So that was fun. That was fun. I can that imagine. made you feel like a superhero because every place else really didn't. <laughs> that's funny. I like that. That's that's cool. Especially, I can imagine the kids' reactions to you. That would be so awesome. <laughs> wow, yeah. man. It's, it was fun. It was fun. Nice. I. Yeah, before we go any further, uh, could you share with us what inspired you to write your book, Perspectives and Reflections for the Superintendent, What Can Be Learned from Experience? Well, you know, I, I just thought that it would be cool to write a book, first of all, uh, you know, and uh, secondly, as you know, I approached my 25th year as superintendent and was looking at 30 years and knew I was going to be about finished. I thought yeah, it might be nice to try to start keeping a journal, making notes and thinking about, you know, what I might say. And it took a long time. Uh, the book isn't that long, but I believe it's very impactful. Uh, I tried to organize it into uh, the areas that I felt were important, such as preparation because uh, you can't just say, well, I want to be superintendent. You can't just say, I want to be a teacher either. You, you have to prepare. And, and so you have to have a foundation. Uh, of course, leadership, uh, important uh, situations, scenarios, experiences, examples uh, of, of things that uh, I was involved with, uh, sharing those opportunities. And a lot of superintendents have shared the same, some more, probably some less. And, you know, some situations worked well, others didn't. So it's good to know about the good and the bad and then to try to learn, you know, from those areas. And then the different areas about community, conflict resolution, the importance of teaming, working together. Again, just a myriad of, of things that I felt that uh, I could relate and relate from a practicality standpoint too. That's the word I used because uh, it's practical. Uh, you have to have the academics, you have to have the certificates and all that stuff, but you have to be able to do it. And uh, that's what I'm hoping uh, folk will uh, gain from, from reading the book. And, you know, yeah, this makes sense or this doesn't, but I, I think it's a, a worthwhile medley of perspectives and reflections. That's just, it's just incredible because your experience is amazing and to be able to share it is so important because I, because I first got to point out that you're superintendent up in Pennsylvania. Yes. And uh, next is the Carolinas, North Carolina. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Suburb of Charlotte. Yes. And then next is almost as far south in Georgia as you can get. You're just a few, uh, just a little ways away from the Georgia-Florida border. Um, yes. And uh, how, you know, you've got to, I, I mean, it's just, it says you know what you're doing because you there's, those are different areas of, uh, of the state, <laughs> of the nation, oh, yeah. excuse me. And uh, yeah. I thought that was, uh, that's just amazing because you're successful in all three of them. So Yeah. Well, my home district where, where I grew up, the community I grew up, it was very small. In fact, it was a K-12 complex, everything under one roof. So, of course, I was the fair-haired boy and uh, most of my teachers were still there. And I got to come back and say, I'm boss now, payback time. 
And uh, of course, we had a good joke about that. <laughs> but I did want to get to a bigger district. Uh, I wanted to get the experiences that I needed. And it, Pennsylvania is different than the southern states. Uh, the state has 67 counties, but there's 501 school districts. They're all local, 501. So 3,000, 6,000 students, those are large school districts. But by comparison to where Brian's at, uh, at Cherokee County, one of your districts, 45,000 students, still school board members, still one superintendent. Uh, so uh, I just felt that by starting uh, at a small district, learning the ropes, that would prepare me for uh, future larger districts if that's so desired. And that's how it worked. Uh, the three districts in, in Pennsylvania were all in the very uh, Pittsburgh area, uh, school districts, not counties, just school districts. Rochester, Rochester School District, Ambridge, Ambridge School District, Penn Hills, Penn Hills School District. And then, of course, uh, ventured south and uh, was appointed at Stanley County Schools, which was probably 30 miles from uh, Metro Charlotte. Uh, but it was a county district and five or four high school districts. So a lot larger, a lot more complex. But uh, I felt coming in with the experiences that I had, I was ready to do that. Spent eight years there. And we love the warm weather in the South. And again, uh, one more opportunity presented itself uh, in Colquitt County, which as you pointed out, was a stone throw away from the Florida border. And that was a great way to end the uh, 31 years. And then uh, a position where you could die and go to heaven came available as a RISA director. And uh, fortunately, I was able to finish up uh, 49 years as an educator, as a public educator, um, as a RISA director, and, and still having the opportunity to uh, not work directly with staff and students, but, but hopefully, you know, in your position, uh, your positions as RISA director, and now at uh, North Georgia RISA, uh, we have an opportunity to support and provide resources for, for the superintendents in the districts. Which is so cool because what a great transition to have after being a superintendent for, you know, the three different places and uh, knowing the needs and working the interrelations with boards and such. And, and just, uh, that's just awesome. And I, and I, and I, th and just a note, I got to point this out because you, you made a comment about it. Um, I mean, what you, you don't get snow in Colquitt County. So, uh, <laughs> so leaving Pennsylvania to go to Colquitt, I could totally understand why you might even, Oh, Charlotte's far enough, but I still get snow here. We got to go a little further South, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my, a couple times in, in North Carolina, I was called the damn Yankee because doesn't he know that we, we can't drive in snow. And of course, all that it was was snow flurries. And I thought, <laughs> wow, wait till there's four or five inches. Then we'll see what happens. But uh, no, it's just been a, a, a good, good string, a good opportunity. And, you know, transitioning to RISA director, I was always supportive. We had intermediate units in Pennsylvania. We had RISAs in North Carolina. And uh, I was very supportive in, in Georgia of our RISA as a superintendent. And it was a learning curve. 
I mean, uh, I wasn't able to just come in and say, okay, I know what's going on here. Uh, Tana uh, did a lot of work in helping me transition into, you know, what's all involved. And of course, persons like yourself and Justin and the other uh, fellow directors, that's what it's all about too, networking. I mean, no matter what position you're in, you have to know you can call a colleague or two or three, uh, if, even if it's just to talk to uh, advice, uh, you know, just to have a, a conversation. It, it just helps you uh, get through things. And so, yeah, it, it, it took several months to learn the ins and outs of, of that position. Uh, and you do that through experience, but you also uh, do it through uh, networking and the meetings that we have, the opportunities we share together and so on and so forth. You're so right. So cool. Uh, you know, so let's kind of get into the meat of, of being a, a superintendent or at least get you a chance to, to share some <laughs> stuff there. Um, could you talk a little bit about your experience in being a, a change agent? Because you get into that a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 keep coming back to the word collaboration because uh, that that's a driving word that a superintendent has to have uh, first and foremost, if he or she are going to get uh, anything done, because again, change is all about work uh, and it's about uh, collaborating in doing the work. I always said, crawl before you walk, walk before you run, run before you sprint, especially with big decisions because obviously a lot of them have to be made immediately. But, you know, when you're looking at a, a new textbook or a new technology or a, a new process or system, you want to have people involved that are going to be uh, working with that particular area. And you want to have a process where uh, you look at things from beginning to end. You have an opportunity to to brainstorm and discuss the issues before making a, a final decision. So uh, I think that's uh, an important aspect for, for any position uh, is to uh, do the research, uh, know what the needs are, uh, that you know, you're, you're looking to make the change and then going about uh, the change. Then I think from the superintendent's level, you know, with the board, if you're going to redistrict or close a school or do those kinds of things that unfortunately have to happen, doesn't matter what kind of change agent you are, that's not going to be a good outcome there <laughs> because it, it's difficult, but it has to be done. And so, you know, you, you have to do your homework. You have to make sure most everyone is on board, no pun intended. Uh, and then you go about being as transparent as possible so that there's no surprises. People know up front what's going on, uh, what probably is going to happen. Uh, and then, you know, you just work through uh, the issues until you make the final decision on uh, making things happen. But uh, that's that's a big part uh, of the job and all depends on the district. But uh, certainly working together on those issues, in, in my experiences, that's the only way. Because if you go out there and be a maverick on something, it's going to get shot down no matter how good you think it is. You know, there's a lot right there in just that statement alone. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, uh, most definitely. So, uh, thanks for sharing that. That is so cool. Because, you know, I, I 
I can just only imagine and something you said just a little bit ago, which was, you know, um, just all about collaboration and how strong that yeah. is and, and those relationships. So if you're going to drive that, this, I, I love those thoughts. Thank you. I, you know, a, as a superintendent, what challenges did you face addressing the increasing demands for the latest technology for your schools? Well, I think going back to what we just said, I mean, I, I just always depended on the experts. Uh, you know, you, you have technology people that are paid. They're there to be up front and uh, on top of the latest and the best uh, technologies for uh, students and for uh, staff, you know, to use as a tool. Uh, I remember, well, it was in North Carolina, so it's going back a while, but uh, the district was looking to spend, you know, multiple million dollars on either one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, for students and all the different uh, gadgets that need to go there, or did we want to outfit 700 classrooms with the latest technology, cameras, video, you know, studio, the whole nine yards. So, you know, how do you go about making that kind of a decision? Well, you get a lot of people together, obviously, a lot of uh, staff, a lot of parents, a lot of community members together. And uh, you, you just look at what the research says, what the needs of the district uh, were and are, and try to put all that together and uh, mix it up and make it into a good chicken salad. <laughs> because uh, that, that's a real situation there, especially with technology, because it changes, as you know, uh, monthly, uh, certainly yearly, and uh, it's ever-changing. So, you know, when you spend the money uh, that's, that's very precious, uh, you want to make sure the, the best bang for the buck is uh, achieved. And again, you can only do that uh, by relying on experts uh, in the field and bringing people together uh, to make those kinds of decisions. Because again, they're not little decisions. They're, they're big and, and lasting decisions. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. I got to bring, I got to bring into this topic, you know, okay. one of the things that a lot of uh, um, superintendents uh, uh, want to do and uh, feel the need to do, and, uh, and actually we'll get some pushback over depending on <laughs> who they're talking to and stuff like this is the strategic planning process. I mean, would you say that strategic planning is a process that a superintendent should know something about and participate in? Why or why not? Oh, most certainly. Uh, I've always looked at the strategic plan and a long time ago when I started, it wasn't strategic plan. It was just the plan. Uh, I always looked at it as the lesson plan for the superintendent, uh, lesson plan for the school district, because uh, again, in essence, that's what it is. Uh, I don't think the superintendent should, uh, you know, be the one uh, leading it. Uh, most places, you know, we've had external consultants uh, do the strategic planning process, but uh, that's where you get, again, what we've talked about, community together, staff together, students together. Uh, and you talk about, you know, where the district's been, where it's at, where do we think it needs to go? Uh, what are the priorities? What are the needs? And, you know, that all gets mixed up into a scientific way and uh, gets formulated into uh, a plan that uh, needs to be worked, uh, not put on a shelf and wait three or four years and then say, well, we better get this book out again and, you know, take a look at it. Uh, I know that uh, mission statements, vision statements are important. 
I know even at Colquitt County, we always had that on all of our uh, minutes, our agenda items at our board meetings. We, we, we tried to um, support the strategic plan as much as possible uh, in terms of uh, using it, working it. And uh, yeah, a very important uh, document. And like I said, I used it as a, a lesson plan and a guide for me which in essence, it, it was one of the several that you have as a superintendent, but it's, it's a tool uh, that was generated by everyone that's interested in the school district. It's not just a superintendent uh, strategic plan or a community strategic plan, uh, it's the school district's strategic plan. And that's, I have to say that it's awesome because I, I never, I never heard somebody refer to it like you just did, which is so cool as, a, as your lesson plan for the district. And I, I think that's awesome because that right there says exactly what it's all about. I mean, and I, I, I love that analogy there. So uh, excellent. Uh, thank you. I, so what are some of the expectations that future or current superintendents should have of working with elected school boards? How's that for a tricky question? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a tough one uh, it, because, again, it doesn't matter what you do. Those relationships can go south, you know, very quickly. Uh, but, but all that the, the superintendent can do uh, is stick to the knitting, as one superintendent told me a long time ago, you know, stay focused on the students, uh, stay focused on the district. Uh, and then you work through things the best you can. But I think mutual respect, you, you want to try to strive for that between the school board members, the school board and the superintendent. I, I think that's key there. Agree to disagree. I know you've, you've heard that comment together because in, in these positions, uh, you have to. Um, I think transparency Nowadays, even more so uh, is important. Uh, I, I've always felt, you know, as superintendent, say there was a big fight in the, the cafeteria or, or you know, a, a child brought a gun together. It wasn't loaded, uh, things of that nature. Th those are real things, obviously. But, you know, when the media calls, why skirt the issue? Just say up front, this is what happened. Because a week later, if you've skirted, then you have two problems. And the skirting is bigger than the issue. Because when you have thousands of kids, hundreds of adults, things are going to happen. So just be upfront. This is, a, this is what we know. This is how we dealt with it. And, and this is, you know, how we move on. And then I think the other two things for the the, the superintendent in the board or the superintendent regarding the board uh, is encourage them to be accessible and visible as well. Uh, not to the point where you tell them to fix things because obviously board members can't fix things. They certainly need to listen. And if they believe that there are issues, they need to get them to the superintendent and then let him or her investigate and see if anything needs fixed. But it's just like, uh, I mentioned about visiting classrooms, being involved with Rotary, uh, the Chamber of Commerce, the band boosters. I mean, you're everything, su superintendent. It, it's 24-7, 365 days a year. If you're not willing to commitment that, find another position because that, that's how it was literally for, 
for 31 years. But uh, the point is, uh, board members need to go to school plays as well, and they need to be seen at the the football game and the uh, cookouts that uh, different parent groups had. You can't be at everything, but if you have five, seven, nine board members, you know what the upcoming calendar is, split the work up so that you know, there's as much of a presence uh, as possible. So I think those are, are areas where uh, the superintendent, uh, school board relations uh, can be enhanced, uh, work with each other uh, on those areas, uh, and uh, just always try to do the, the best you can. You know, if you do the best you can, uh, you're, you're genuine, you're sincere, you can get faulted, but I'd take getting faulted for that uh, any day. What awesome advice. What awesome advice. And, and you know, because that's, that's, like you said, it's part of, uh, uh, of the position. And, uh, and just, uh, I love it. So thanks for, for sharing those thoughts. I, you know, one of the, uh, Sam, if, I got I to gotta ask you this. I mean, it, if, <laughs> if you were the closing keynote speaker at a conference of superintendents and you were talking about lessons learned from being a superintendent in several states, different school systems, and over 30 years, what would be something that you would make sure that you shared that you hoped that they remembered and thought about as they left the conference? Yeah. Well, geez, that, that's a good question because there's, there's just uh, so many uh, things, you know, that, that I would respond there uh, to. Uh, I, I think as far as if, if it was, you know, advice uh, to school board members, for example. Uh, and, and this was told to me one time too, a long time ago. Uh, if a, a school board member uh, would ask, how should I vote? Uh, I would respond two ways. Uh, number one, is it good for students? And number two, is it good for the school districts? Now, if that school board member sincerely believed, even though his or her views were opposite of the others, but they believed in those two things, then they made the right decision of voting no on something or voting yes, because that's what it's all about. The students first and the school district. Everything else, you know, it's there, but but it, it's, it's, uh, it's not important uh, as the, the students and the district. And then, you know, I think just the uh, idea about, uh, I heard this at a conference one time too. In fact, it was a general. And uh, he said, uh, I rarely look in the rear view mirror because there's nothing I can do about it. It's past. But looking out the front, I can see. I, I can see where I can make changes. I can do things differently. And uh, I thought that was uh, pretty impacting uh, as well. And then, you know, probably some other tidbits. Uh, I was told that, you know, we have to have thick skin as superintendents when reality, all of our skin is the same thickness. And, uh, you know, I remember early on, uh, my thin wasn't 
fix it all because I, I wanted everything done my way. I'd get nervous and, you know, maybe even get angry uh, at, at things. But then with experience, you know, you learn to uh, roll with the punches, so to speak. And uh, experiences dictate that this is part of the job and you're going to be hated. You're going to be called a damn Yankee. You know, you're going to be called names. Uh, That goes with the job. But again, the best part of the job has been 99.9% of it, even with all of those uh, different uh, glitches, I would say that, um, you know, would be detractors. I think the other thing too is uh, don't forget about students because I know my first district, my hometown, the district office was right in the school and I could see students all the time. Then the other four districts, we were in some tower somewhere where, you know, you had to travel uh, to the schools and uh, to see students. And, you know, get them involved at the school board meetings, uh, make a place for them, give them a seat at the school board, uh, have liaison meetings with with groups of students, Uh, you know, invite them down to the central office and hear what they have to say. Of course, they want to know how much you make and what kind of car you drive, but uh, then you can get around to find out what they like and don't like about the schools and things of that nature. So I, I, I think I'd, I'd just probably uh, close uh, the comments with uh, just being yourself, um, being genuine, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, what you see is what you're going to get. You know, there, there's no place uh, for being a phony or, or arrogance uh, because it, it just uh, – there isn't a place for it. You just have to show uh, everyone that uh, you're, you're here and you're there for them. And uh, again, just do the best you can. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Great, great thoughts. Great Mm -hmm. advice. Good stuff. I, you know, um, Sam, we're, we're before we close, could you let everyone know where they could connect and uh, learn some more from you? Well, uh, I am on LinkedIn, uh, Samuel A. DePaul, Ph.D., uh, LinkedIn. Uh, That's probably the primary uh, place. Of course, in 2022, everyone can get Googled. (laughs) That would be a good place. But uh, I think that would be the primary uh, place right now. Uh, I am working on some things to try to get the uh, book promoted. Uh, AASA is going to do some things there. Uh, my wife, uh, Megan, she's the technology person. She's going to be putting some uh, clips together. And of course, I appreciate what you're doing right now uh, for me. And um, it's it's exciting. I mean, it, it, it was uh, an exciting way to end a career. Uh, hopefully, I'll be blessed and have, you know, a little bit or a longer uh, bit of time around uh, to, to do some things. I tell everybody um, every day is a Saturday. And uh, to me, it is. Uh, but, you know, I've made some networking down here to do some maybe help volunteer, maybe some consulting, but very limited because every day is a Saturday. Nice. I love it. 
it's, it's so awesome. And I'll, and I'll put uh, the LinkedIn um, connection in the show notes and uh, so people can find that um, rather simply there. And uh, as well as uh, I think your book, uh, one of the places it's going to be released is going to be in Amazon, right? Yeah, it'll be Roman and Littlefield uh, is the publisher. Uh, it's already out on Amazon and, and I can get you the ISBN number. Uh, so it, it's out there, it's available. And, and like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the book, I hope, uh, uh, as a teaching uh, opportunity uh, for either seated superintendents and or aspiring superintendents to look at and say, well, that's interesting or, you know, that's simple or that's elementary, but wow, that's a good idea there. I mean, it, it, it would be a whole mixture of, of, of different uh, perspectives from, you know, what a reader uh, may or may not want. Uh, but uh, again, it's one person's uh, sharing uh, of uh, a lifetime in a career. Excellent. And what an awesome, awesome career you had. And, uh, um, you know, got good stuff going to happen coming on up here soon too. You know, it's, um, I had two more questions for you, Sam, and they have nothing okay. to do with what we've been talking about, but I like to ask my guests. And the first one is how do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? Yeah. Well, I think it comes back to how you were brought up. Um, you know, I mean, we didn't have a lot, but we always had enough and had people that were always supportive and encouraging course athletics, uh, you know, teach you, teaches uh, one uh, a lot, uh, whether whatever sport it is, uh, it, it's an opportunity to help formulate and, and build a foundation. So I, I think that uh, that's where it started. And I just thought about that. And I know when uh, I was working on my PhD, uh, I'd leave my assistant principal's position up by the Pittsburgh airport, drive down to Pitt, get home 12 o'clock at night. And well, this is going to pay off. I'd keep saying to myself and uh, it did, but it was gruesome. But, but again, you, you know, you have some, some goals, you, you, you have some end lines and uh, uh, you keep going. So I, I thought about my parents. I thought about my home. I thought about how I was brought up and I thought about the future. If I want to be a superintendent, uh, a district uh, person, I know I don't need a doctorate degree, but it's certainly going to help. So I'd, I'd say that to myself. And uh, so I think those were the things that, that kept me going. And then in the position, it was just love of the position. I, I just looked at, you know, the, the difficult situations and, and there were many, there were failed building projects. There was closing schools, raising millage, but you know, you just deal with them the best you can because it's your job. And it, it, it was the nature of the job. Excellent. I love, I love your thoughts here and your advice. Thank you. Hey, last question. Uh, Sam, do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Oh, my, I would think about five people, but you said only one. So let me talk about my high school principal, because in essence, he was a teacher. You know, he knew all of us by name. He knew all of our parents by name, too. And if something happened, 
there were no legal or lawyers at our house. Uh, and even if I was right, we were wrong as kids. I mean, that's just part of the upbringing, I guess it was. But, you know, he could make an ant feel like the jolly green giant. Yet we were very fearful of him because he was like 6'10". <laughs> this guy was a giant. But he was just a person that I thought I knew I wanted to teach and coach. And uh, uh, I thought someday I'd like to, you know, be a principal. And so he would be the person. And I did get to thank him because when I come back to my hometown, guess who was still principal? Mr. Douglas. And uh, so, yeah, we, we ended up having a, a nice relationship uh, for, you know, a few years after that. And then I moved on. Uh, but, but he would be one, of course, everyone loves their football coach and, and, and I, I would be remiss, you know, not to talk about a football coach, but, but here's one that I would never have thought my Latin teacher, you know, he was a good guy. And then I'm thinking all these suffixes and prefixes, and then I'm in biology and chemistry. And I'm thinking, oh, Mr. Elias, I, I remember that. I, I remember. And you know what? Uh, unbelievable, you know, and that was five, six years later. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you reflect back and, and, and you have people, there were several, I I've been fortunate and I know most people do have more than a handful of people, but I had a lot of people, uh, and, and, uh, I appreciated them. And, and that's why I try to do the best I can. If, if people need anything, uh, from me. That is so awesome. Thank you for sharing. That is, that is so yeah. cool. And uh, uh, I love that about the uh, about the principal and about the, the Latin teacher because I, I had Latin and it was another one of those that paid off for me down the, down the road also. Exactly. So, you know what you mean? It's like, uh, sure. I said, now I understand why I was doing this. You know? <laughs> exactly. Oh my, definitely. Yeah. I love that. Didn't know at the time, but well, I'll tell you what, that be delayed uh, learning kicked in. Yes, that's that's awesome. I, Sam, thank you so much for talking with me. Your book, Perspectives and Reflections for the Superintendent, What Can Be Learned from Experience, is an excellent read for all leaders, especially, though, for those who are seeking to be a superintendent or in the role now. I'm wishing the best in all you do. Hey, thank you so much, too, uh, Steve, for having me. I enjoyed it, and uh, I'll be in touch with some other information. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.